because literally going into the gym, picking your nose a little bit more than you did before will help you progress. It's about more than what you lift or how you look. It's about more than strength. Welcome to More Than Strength. This is my sexy, sultry voice. We're going to talk about functional training today. I think that's going to draw people in. There we go. I think that's going to draw people in. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't sexy or sultry enough before today. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. So functional training today. Yeah. I'm sure, you know, that, that term gets tossed out there a lot. Is it functional? And I think, I don't know, I've heard a million different definitions. What, what do you, th- what do you, when you hear the term functional, what definition do you think of? So if I'm, if I'm being fair and being serious, I guess uh, functional training to me is something that helps you, you know, with the things in your everyday life. Like it's, it's movements that translate into the things that you do every day. Uh, now, you know, I guess where the debate comes in is whether or not the things that pass for functional training in a gym are really functional. Yeah. When you compare them to barbells. Now that's a big question mark. Um, yeah, I think that's a good definition of it. You know, training that applies to everyday life. And I, I've grown to really dislike that word, functional. Um, I think I think the, the biggest thing is that people take it out of context. It's To me, sport-specific and functional are synonymous. They're the same thing, right? It's like people mimicking, and, and, and it's even, so let me start with this. It's like people mimicking daily movements that you normally do, right? That, that, that's like the thing that you'd start to see, but now it's, it's even worse than that. Like, it's not even thing, like you, you just told me you saw a woman jump roping on a BOSU ball. Okay. <laughs> like, I have no idea why that makes any logical sense whatsoever, but that's the kind of stuff. Balancing one leg on a BOSU ball, right? Is that functional, right? Does that even mimic any daily life activity at all? No. Not at all. I, I don't think, not for my life anyway. No. I don't know about the gym one day. You know, if legitimately, if somebody is in the circus, then I can see the use for things like that, maybe. But not really, because if you're in the circus and you're a tightrope walker, just practice on a tightrope. Right, right. So, why do people, why do people get suckered in by stuff like that? My my brother has a really good, I think he has a good insight to this, and he thinks that what it is, and you'll see this in the rehab in all in all fields, is that people start to buy their own jargon. They actually start believing the things that they're saying <laughs> that like aren't that that sound kind of they're like it, it makes sense, right? Like I could see why. And an ed- uneducated person on these topics would think, yeah, I mean, if I go to the gym and mimic the, a lot of the things that I do outside in life, like that would make a lot more sense to go in there and do that kind of thing. Like it is kind of logical for someone who doesn't have uh, much background on the matter. The problem comes in when there's people who claim to have a lot of education and background on the matter and are still doing those types of things, right? Like, I mean, we can come up with a bunch of different examples but you know the the balancing on the BOSU ball type things. The um, a big thing you see too a lot now is like core training, right? Like like taking uh, one of them. I, I just know is like the Paloff press, where you like hold a band out 
like in front of your body without allowing it to cause you to rotate. And it's supposed to be like, oh, that's functional core training is preventing rotation, this and that. And it's basically taking very specific exercises and utilizing those saying that like these are the things that are going to apply to life more than a simple barbell exercise like a deadlift or, or something like that. Um, so I'm not exactly sure why, but I think like I, going back to what my brother said, it's kind of like people start to buy their own BS. Um, well, this makes sense. This feels right. So you know what? This must be right. Now I'm going to use it with people. Oh my gosh, it works. Of course it works because the people you're using it with are brand new. So anything that you do with them would work a little bit. Um, and then it gives them a false sense of confidence in the methodology um, that really is just doing something more than nothing. And you know, I, I think uh, there's an article on startingstrength.com and, and I'll post that in the show notes that, that touches on this. And uh, Mark Ripito, he, he basically says in the article, you know, the functional fitness movement has defeated us. And, and the reason why is because when you look at the examples that they use, it's either like professional athletes or it's like the absolute rank beginner. And yeah. like you just said, with the beginner, it doesn't matter what you do. Anything's going to work for a while. You know, anything might work for like a month and a half or two months with them. So it looks like it's effective. And then with the professional athletes, uh, those guys are just genetic freaks. Um, and, and they're actually, you know, successful and strong in spite of that training. Yeah. So again, you, you know, you've got two, two, uh, two demographics that are heavily marketed with the, this kind of nonsense. And it looks like it works because one, anything works on a beginner and two, anything works with people that are amazing athletes genetically. And truthfully speaking, it's not that hard. Like it might be challenging and, you know, maybe challenge your ability to stay balanced on that BOSU ball, or it might feel challenging, but it's really not that hard. It's, it, you, and it makes it less intimidating for people to go into the gym because they think, oh, I could just do that. And then they feel like they're making progress. And at first they do because literally going into the gym, picking your nose a little bit more than you did before will help you progress, okay, um, at first. So then what happens is people start to buy into that because, well, I'm seeing progress, so it absolutely must work. And it's the best thing now for me because it's working, right? And then they start to buy into that. And then once you've got somebody to buy into it, then, then you've got them. Then, then it's, uh, it's going right. to perpetuate that information. So let's talk about then, you know, leaving the professional athletes out. Um, the beginners, you know, it, it looks good for a little while because they are making progress. They're getting stronger or they're losing weight or whatever it is they want to do. Um, but what happens after that initial period to them? Like what does, what does the functional training do for them at that point? Nothing. <laughs> it's why, and, and why is that? <laughs> because, because, because it's not training. It's not training. It's random. It's exercise. It's they're not. They're to, okay. First off, let me let me redefine functional training for people. Functional training, and what I think should be the definition of it, is exercises that you can progress for long periods of time that make you stronger so that everything else in life is easier. And I'd say I haven't seen one quote-unquote functional exercise from the rehab, from the personal training, from whatever, the, the fitness industry in general, um, outside of a compound 
movement, such as barbell exercises or dumbbell exercises. I mean, I'm not saying it's just squat, bench, deadlift. Like there are variations of those that you can use that are trainable, like rows and chin-ups and that kind of thing, right? You can train those to some extent. Um, but I haven't seen any of those exercises like the balancing on a BOSU ball, like the the Bulgarian split squat, like all those types of things that are trainable for long periods of time. I'm not talking about months. I'm talking about years because this is not a couple of months kind of thing. This is a rest of your life kind of thing. So if you can't train it, which means progress for long periods of time, then it's one is probably not that useful of an exercise for you. Um, And that that's what happens though, right? If you exercise something which is random, which is, um, not very compound in terms of like how big, how much musculature is involved in the movement, right? So like bicep curls are going to stall out pretty fast versus chin-ups, right? Um, you're not going to be able to progress for much more than a few weeks to maybe a few months, depending on how rank of a novice you really are. Um, so I think that's the answer right there. Is it's just not, you, you can't progress those things for periods of time because A, there's not enough muscle mass involved. And okay, here's a better answer. There, they're more skills than anything. They're, they're not training, it's practicing skills. So if you, if you balance on a BOSU ball with one leg, and then two weeks later, you can balance for a minute longer, you've gotten better at that skill. You, you know what I mean? You haven't, you haven't necessarily made your body much more capable to the out, in the outside world. right? And that's the thing. People come into the gym, and in my gym, they even ask those kinds of questions. That's fine. I mean, it's just... I have no problem if someone comes in who is not a trainer or not a coach, not claiming to be any sort of expert on the matter, and they come in with those types of questions. You know why? Because they don't know any better, and that's perfectly okay. That's why they're coming to me. It's just, the reason I get so irritated with this is because there's experts out there um, perpetuating this information. Like, here's a great example, the uh, functional movement patterns. I don't know if you've ever seen them before. Man, I, I think I talked about this on one episode. Um... They're like, there's this guy who runs it and it's really interesting at the, like people talk about starting strength being dogmatic, like just go join the functional movement patterns Facebook group and then tell me what you think is dogmatic. Like there, the things they were saying, one, like they had, they posted, you ever see that video where the guy uh, dropped a deadlift, fell on the, on top of the weight and then they were like, look at his spine and it's like severed in half and there's like it's not even his it's not just no way it's just the dumbest thing i've ever seen they're like see deadlifts are bad for you right you shouldn't you don't need to lift anything more than your body weight you never need to like things like that um and it perpetuates information that you don't need to be strong which is silly because you do need to be strong because if you're not strong then you can't move as well it just it just doesn't make sense to me yeah man i think you're absolutely right um so here's what I think here's what I think we should do. So let's go ahead and stop this episode and we're gonna do um, another part on functional fitness because I have a couple of questions okay. uh, for you to go uh, to go to for this one. okay? Thank you for listening to more than strength. Be sure to check out morethanstrength.com slash podcast for links and show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, leave us a rating and review on iTunes and tell a friend. Thanks.